Welcome to TBN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, Matt and Lori Crouch host New York Times bestselling author and Bible teacher, Joyce Meyer. They discuss how you can hear God's voice through quiet times with God. Quiet times with God is what we're going to be talking about today with Joyce Meyer. But I have to point out, first of all, (laughs) that you're going to think that we all went shopping yesterday together and we didn't, okay? My tie and your shirt, okay, and Lori's top. I went to the clown shop. (laughs) It all is thematic here. And so the Holy Spirit has already fallen on the broadcast. I promise you, my brother had a monkey. That was just in a shirt that looked just a oh. lot like this when we were little. <laughs> That's a beautiful Perfect. name is Charlie. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Thanks for that. Dan. But isn't this a beautiful <laughs> devotional? I, it, Joyce, that is a, just beautiful. I think it's actually it, the, the prettiest it is. cover we've ever had on a devotional. And I've got a lot of devotionals, but... And it's quiet time. I think time people are just going to want this just to look at it. I know, because it, it goes with the title, The Quiet right. Times with God, and that's what you just kind of wish you could crawl up. Joyce Meyer is yeah. a New York Times number one best-selling author, and this book is available now by going to Amazon and do all wherever you buy books. We want you to get it. Joyce wants you to spend quiet times with God. All right. How do we... How do we want to start talking about this subject. What, what? Well, let's put it this way. You just said you've made other devotionals. How is this one different than your other ones? Well, I don't know that the inside is extremely different. You know, <laughs> you, I mean, you can, when, you, when you're doing 365 devotions, you know, that's 365 subjects. Right. <laughs> so it's hard to Hitting. keep finding new, new <laughs> subjects. But the thing is, is every word doesn't need to be a new word. It just needs to be a now word. Yeah. Interesting. And so as writers, we make mistakes. You know, I've written probably close to 150 books now. So, you know, I can't always come up with something brand new to say, yeah. but it's, it's God leads people mm-hmm. and he leads people to get what they need yes. at the time. And that's what I even believe for these devotionals, you know, whichever one is on the day that day is that you're reading, that's what you need for that day. But I think the thing we want to talk about is just how important it is to have quiet and quiet times with God. Okay. We live in such a noisy world today. And because of all the technology, we've always got something beeping and dinging and ringing. And, you know, it's like, we feel like we need to be constantly available wow. to everybody. And Boy, it's true. the more technology we have, it's like, you know, I mean, I'll take my phone into the bathroom with me. And yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, this is silly. But just as sure as I don't take it, somebody will call me and I'd much rather <laughs> not have to call people back. But we can't let the thing control us. And I, you know, I don't know about you guys. I'm a little bit, probably a lot older than you are, but... One of the things that restores me physically, mentally, emotionally more than anything is just quiet now. Mm-hmm. Just quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, I still work pretty hard mm-hmm. and I did just have my 77th birthday. My goodness. And so um, in order for me to keep 
going and doing what I'm doing, I've had to make adjustments. And one of the things is, is unless I'm out speaking, I'm home every night. Okay. I mean, I, you can't even hardly get me to go out and eat in the evening because I just, I don't like to be full when I go to bed. And I, uh, my family teases me, well, it's five o'clock, mom's going to bed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I don't go to bed and go to sleep, but right. I like to be in my bedroom where it's quiet. I need that time to just settle down and mm -hmm. it even helps me sleep better. But I start every day with God and it took me a long time to learn how important that was, like most people. But I remember one morning I was going, I was working at a church at the time, and I was leading a, a women's ministry, which still had about four or 500 ladies each week, but it was so, it was a big thing, a lot of responsibility, and I worked at the church full time. And I just was feeling good that morning, going to work, working for God, and the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, you're so proud of yourself because you work for me, but you don't spend any time with me. Oh my goodness. And so hopefully that helps somebody because how many people do replace working for God for spending time with him? And I think the greatest way that we can show respect to God is by spending time with him. I know the first thing people ask is, well, what do you do? What do you do when you spend time with God? And I don't think what we do is nearly as important as the fact that we do it. Honestly, I think if you just got up every morning and went somewhere with what you like to drink and sat down and if you didn't do anything but sit there for 10 minutes and just say, well, God, I'm here just to say good morning and hmm. I can't, do my life well without you, I need you. If you didn't do anything else, but just sit there mm. and enjoy the quiet, you're still gaining something that you can't get any other way. You know, we have different uh, pinnacles in our walk with God. And so you, you know, when I was born again was a big thing. Sure. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit was a big thing. But one, one of the greatest things in my life that helped me spiritually was to learn to seek God's presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E -E, not his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, -E mm -hmm. to seek God for who he was and not for what he could do for me. And I think we all start out seeking God for what he can do for us. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you to do this. And I think that's okay. You know, that's more part of the baby stage of Christianity and that God wants to prove himself to us and do things for us. And he, I still ask God to do things for me all the time. But I actually probably spend an equal amount of time asking God what I can do for him. Hmm. And, you know, I have grown children and there were time in their life when I did everything for them. You know, you feed them, you clothe them, you everything. But there comes a time you don't want a 40-year-old doing that anymore. And, you know, if you have a 40-year-old at home that you're still doing everything for, you need to maybe get a little counseling because that's not, you know, that's not good for anybody.
You know, you keep people from growing up and maturing if you do that. And so there's nothing that I enjoy more. And you know, we do a lot for our kids. We've got good kids, we love them. And two of our sons work for us and our two son-in-laws work for us. Our daughters are raising kids. And, uh, but there's nothing that I enjoy more than if one of my kids stopped by, just came to say hi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or just called to tell you I love you. Don't need anything. Don't want anything. That, and I love doing things for them, but I don't want them every time they come near me to ask me to do something mm. for them. I want them to come just because they love me and want to spend time with me. Yeah. You've written Quiet Times with God devotional, Joyce Meyer. It's available now. Amazon sends books quickly. Uh, my son tells me that. <laughs> and, and so basically uh, we're unpacking the reasons behind this. Let me, let me tell you what I have a tendency to do. I'm, I guess it would be cheating. <laughs> it feels like when I have a devotional or daily devotional and I pick one up, whatever I think I'm dealing with the most at that time, I just keep turning the pages <laughs> till I find, you know. So should I be more disciplined to that or... Or is that a good use of it too? You know, I think that everybody can use a devotional however they want to. Okay. I, we're all different. We're all unique. God doesn't have one set pattern for how everything must be done. And that's part of the reason why people maybe get bored when they're trying to spend time with God because they think they've got to have that set pattern mm -hmm. of every day I have to read so many chapters or every day I have to do this, every day I have to... I do different things, mm. you know, I don't, this morning I read, I read one chapter in 1 Samuel, but then I'm reading a book by Billy Graham on the Holy Spirit, and that was what I really felt like spending my time doing this morning. There's nothing wrong with that because any good, any book by a good Christian author is full of the word anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you, you, you don't have to just it doesn't just have to say Holy Bible on it for you to be reading the Word. Right. right. You know, it can be anything that teaches you the Word. And I certainly recommend, I recommend reading the Bible, but I recommend more than that studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. I think that we've said, read your Bible, read your Bible. But to, to really get the depth, to really get the understanding of what's in the Word, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. And so, and like I said, everybody does everything different. There's lots of people that read their Bible through every year, and I think that's great. But, you know, I tried to do it just because the pastor had suggested that everybody in the church read the Bible through that year, and God's anointing wasn't on me to do that, because I, I fell into that pattern of just I mean, you had to read six chapters a day, I think, right. two in the Old, two in the New, one in Proverbs and one in Psalms, and you right. read six every day. Well, I, I got so focused on that, yeah. and you had a calendar, and every day when you did it, you got a check mark. <laughs> and I don't know if you know it or not, but our flesh loves check marks. <laughs> I mean, we just, pride just yeah. blows up when you get your check marks. <laughs> and as long as I was getting my check marks on my calendar, I had that thing on my refrigerator door so when people 
came to my house, they would see <laughs> that I was hitting my check. You know, back then, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't realize that it was a pride thing, you know. Yeah. And I'd read those six chapters. I didn't even know what I'd read. Yeah. I, you know, one day I got done, and God said, so tell me, what did you learn today? And I couldn't think of a thing. I didn't learn anything. Yeah. And that was when he said, don't you know I'd rather you read one verse and get something out of it? It's true. Than to read six chapters and not have any idea what you did. <laughs> Lori told me one day, she, she has a tendency <laughs> when she's putting her makeup on to okay. turn on the Bible on audio so that it's being read to her. And Just one trying day, to get all my check marks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she was trying to get, you know, the, the uh, she was trying to win the check mark battle between us, I suppose. And she, she at the mean. end of the day, she was packing for a trip. So we were leaving on a trip. And she comes into me, I'm in the bedroom. She goes, just frazzled, just completely. She goes, oh my gosh, I can't listen to the word and pack at the same time. It just makes me nervous, you know? <laughs> so I don't recommend packing and trying to study the word. I'm trying to so think. So you're trying to say mourning is your, is your thing. It's weird because my mourning is different. I'm, I'm more task oriented in the yeah. morning. And I people are up, different. And I, I like to make the bed and, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> you I'm do? Task, he yeah, does. I'm I go in oriented. and sit with my book and well, my actually, coffee my and my husband Bible. makes the bed too, Dave, so that's wonderful. Love you, Dave. And so basically, then I kind of make some protein Sweet. drinks and I do, I just kind of, I'm tasked, I take care of the dog, you, gotta, you know, dog? lots of dogs. And so basically, <laughs> um, we end up finding our kind of groove at the end of the day. We, we get to the point at the end of the day, and it's usually 8.30, 9 o'clock. We're, you know, I mean, we're, we settle down, and it starts slowing down, and the lights start I'm coming off. I'm by and, 9 o'clock. <laughs> okay, well, okay, well, we are usually in bed starting to read, and our reading thing that we've been doing lately is Walter Wangren. Uh, the Book of God. It's a novelization of the entire Bible. It's a, oh. just a really amazing uh, thing. Walter is an amazing author. That sounds good. And and it's chronological. So it starts with Abraham and, you know, goes through. And and so we're reading this kind of chronological version of the Bible. So we, it you're talking, we're talking different sure. strokes for different folks here. Um, and you mentioned just a minute ago that you just celebrated your 77th birthday. You look amazing. What does, you, you, you seem pretty chill, Joyce. You know, <laughs> you, you can come in and you, you always have a good attitude and you have a bright smile and you seem put together and everything <laughs> seems good. I, you know, not that you don't face any challenges. What does your 77-year-old Joyce, <laughs> what would you have liked to have said to your 50-year-old Joyce? Uh, you know, back when you were, were you, were you on your way to normal by 50 or when did you become normal from not normal? <laughs> well, I don't know that any of us are normal. normal. I'm not sure what normal is I've never is figured anymore. out what a normal woman is yet, but I know whatever it is, I'm not it. Poor Dave, I tried to cook him some eggs recently and I cracked the egg and threw it in the stove instead of the frying pan. So we... I mean, I cooked for years and years and years. I kind of cook. Did a good job, but I am just bad now. I mean, I try to, I'm like, Dave, just let me give you scrambled eggs because no matter what you want, they're going to end up scrambled anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, 
No, I've, I've had quite a journey, you know, I've, first of all, being a type A personality, I'm a worker, and I'm, I feel good about accomplishment. Okay. Uh, so I went through that whole thing of getting my worth and value out of my work and had to learn that, you know, I wasn't worth more to God because I worked hard mm -hmm. than if I actually took a day off now and then. And uh, I had to learn the hard way. I actually had to make myself sick. And I got sick a couple times, got over it pretty quick, but in December of 2017, I got really sick. And uh, I didn't come back from that so quick. I had pretty serious adrenal fatigue from just doing too much, yeah. you know? And um, I love the statement that anybody who thinks they can always do what they've always done as a fool. Hmm. You know, you can't, you have to make changes as you get older. And if you don't, then you're gonna pay the price for it somewhere along the line in your health. And I, I work out three days a week and I was walking five miles every day and I'd had two hip replacement surgeries and, and uh, I was still doing, doing, doing everything, doing, doing, going, going, going. And there's a certain amount of pride in that. You know, look at me, look at how strong I am, you know. I think preachers sometimes like to brag about how long it's been since they've taken a day off, you know. <laughs> I remember a well-known minister at the time, I was in an elevator with, with him one time and he said quite proudly, it's been, I, have, I have not taken a day off in 12 years. My goodness. Well, I remember as a young minister thinking, oh, how spiritual, yeah. wow. And now I think, how stupid. <laughs> but, you know, you can't, and today our, our whole society, I think people really feel like they're worth more the more they work. Mm -hmm. And yes, we have to work. And you know, we, we need to work more than we play. The Bible says that God created for six days and he rested for one, so I'm not suggesting we sit around and do nothing all the time. But I've had to learn to slow down and not to worry about stuff, you know, to be like you said, not trying to, you know, I'm a, I'm a fixer. I mean, I don't even have to know you. If you've got a problem, I'll try to fix it. <laughs> it's, I, it's like, I can't help it. I just have to try to, try to help you, and I've had to get over some of that. I just, for a lot of years, I carried a false sense of responsibility. Wow. And that was because of the way I was raised. My mother wasn't protecting me, but I felt responsible to keep her from knowing what my dad was doing to me, and so it gets, you know, I was pretty messed up. And, uh, but I learned, I learned many years ago that if I did not spend time with God, mm. that I just wasn't gonna make it. I mean, so 2020 um, has almost become a logo for, um, you know, the, 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 the worst single year, you know, that everyone has on record. You know, um, I heard not only are we in, you know, tumultuous political situation, we're in tumultuous kind of jobs lost due to the COVID and the right. pandemic. And there's, uh, you know, <laughs> a lot been going on this a lot year. Uh, yeah. and, and a lot just recently. And so uh, 
we we have to counterbalance right. the news channels mm -hmm. with this channel. Right. What we're trying to do today is focus on how you can grab the pendulum of your life that is set on crazy over here <laughs> and start dragging it back over to the middle where there can be some calm and peace in your life. And you're saying you're helping us with quiet times with God. So to those people that are watching that think that a, a political party is the answer or the, you know, straight out of the pit of hell, you know, is no, no one, no one in today's world anymore thinks you know, that there could be a reasonable per, a person of reason in a different political party. It's just black or white, everything. There's no, yeah. there's hardly any gray anymore in, in regard to this, that subject and many others. So what we're really needing to do is kind of walk some of our viewers through how they can really grab that pendulum of crazy and start dragging it back the way it needs to go. How? How does this book help them do that? Well, I think one, one of the first things that you need to do to not go insane in an insane world is to spend that time with God. Okay. And, you know, spending time with God is not, a, it's not just about you talking to God. He also wants you to listen. And people can hear from God. They may not think they can, but they can. And... Even if you don't hear from God the moment that you're, quote, spending the time with him, you know, you may put your hand on the refrigerator to open it three hours later, and all of a sudden it's like you know what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, God doesn't always talk to us. Well, he rarely speaks out loud occasionally, but that's rare. Most of the time it's that still small voice or that whisper mm -hmm. on the inside. Or I like to call it a knowing it's like, how many times do we ask God what we should do? And then we just, we just, it's like. A download. Yeah. You, you just know. No. You know that that's what you're supposed mm -hmm. to do. And even things like health problems. You know, like I have really dry eyes, like really dry eyes to the point where it can be tormenting. And uh, I was having a particularly rough time recently and I asked God, what? What can I, you know, the doctors have said there's nothing else we can do for you. And I just so just, I just knew in my heart that God was telling me a lot of days you don't drink enough water. Hmm. Well, I drink a lot of water, I think. But then I thought about like yesterday, I was doing some television for this book and First of all, when you speak like this, you get rid of a lot of moisture, so you need to drink more water. And it's 100 here in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heat index of 108 or something. It's like, Lord, who could live here? And uh, huh. of course, it's pretty hot in St. Louis, but not like this. And so some days I think I drink a lot of water, but I don't. Right. And so it really helps my eyes if I drink a lot of water. And, you know, Dave one time was having what he calls the yips, which is kind of a goofy word, but it's like he felt all jittery inside, you know? And uh, he asked God what was wrong with him, and God showed him he was drinking too many 
sodas with caffeine in it. Hmm. And he just, he'd always been able to eat sugar. He doesn't have sugar diabetes. He enjoyed desserts. He'd always been able to drink caffeine. But all of a sudden, his body got to a point, for whatever reason, wouldn't put up with it. My goodness. And so he had to qu completely quit eating sugar. And he can drink like a decaf coffee, which has still got a little bit of caffeine in it, but he doesn't even do that every single day. And so a lot of times, what I'm saying is that spending time with God, it's not just some spiritual exercise that you do to get your check mark on your God calendar for the day mm -hmm. or to feel proud of yourself that you did your religious duty. It's very practical yeah. to spend time with God because you can get a lot of answers to questions that sometimes you go and spend boatload of money to try to get answers to, if you'll just ask God and then see what he puts on your heart. Yeah. And a lot of times, God speaks to you through your own voice. In other words, it's, you think, well, I just made that up. But no, it, it's God giving you something, but you feel like it just came from you. But you can still tell a difference in the quality. like. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to tell you that I know when God is speaking to me. I'm not always 100% for sure, but let me tell you something. When God wants to make a point, <laughs> he has many different ways of doing it, mm -hmm. as you well know. And uh, I just, I would almost feel like I was undressed to try to start a day now wow. without God. And I need it. Yeah. I mean, I've got a strong personality. You know, I can say a lot of things that I shouldn't say. I mean, every morning I pray, God, put a watch over my mouth lest I sin against you with my tongue. We need, we need to know ourselves and know what our weak points are and not always be repenting after the fact, but going to God ahead of time and asking him to strengthen you in those particular areas. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. The Word of God, it's not, which we're discussing the Word of God here. Yeah. So there are people that are sitting on the edge of their seats just listening to every word we say. Well, why? Because the words we're talking about, they're full of life. Yes. Mm. The, the Word of God, the Bible, is inspired by God. That word means God breathed. Hmm. In other words, yes, men wrote this, but they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words. And so when you're reading the word of God or listening to it, it it's not, it's different because it's packed full of power. There's one translation that says that there's inherent power in the Word of God. And so people need to know when you're watching an hour of preaching on TBN or you're watching the Praise the Lord show, you're not, I mean, you're not just watch. that's not just watching television like television. I mean, you're, you're doing something that's got a quality to it that has life-changing power in it for yeah, you. Sure. Yeah. It can lift you up out of depression. It can encourage you. It can comfort you. It, you can gain knowledge from it. But I always tell people, you know, if, if you just go sit in church, in an anointed church, anointed being the presence and the power of God is there, 
even if you don't learn any big thing that day, it's helping you just to be there wow. mm -hmm. because you're soaking up that anointing and that presence of God. And that's where we get our strength. Right. You know, if somebody told you, you go and get this certain vitamin shot every day and you're going to feel so much better, you'd probably take the time to go get it. Mm -hmm. Well, these are like spiritual vitamins, yeah. you know, and especially a devotional where you can read one of these in, what, two minutes or, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, less. Now, if you really want to study it, you need to ponder it, think about it. But what I would do with this, if I was going to buy this devotional, yes, this can be a great bathroom book, you know, where you, you just got a few minutes and you read something. <laughs> but you can also take this and you can take like, like this one in particular is, is called Helping Orphans. Okay. And so it's about, the Bible says that your religion is vain and useless unless you're helping people in James. That true religion, pure and undefiled, is to help widows and orphans in their affliction. Yeah. So we're supposed to be helping people. So I can just read this and say I've done my reading for the day, or I could read this and I could get out of concordance and I could look up every scripture that has the word orphans in it. And it's amazing. God had a special, has a special place in his heart mm -hmm. for children that have no parents or for the elderly mm -hmm. who are alone. And then I would even go so far as to think, okay, God, who do I know that I can help in this situation? And today, a lot of times, there's so many fatherless kids today in our society. And even just to do something special, maybe as a man with a young boy that, that doesn't have a dad. I mean, there, it, it's more than just read your Bible, read your Bible, read a devotional, right. put in your God time, get your check mark, and now, you know, goody for me. You know, that calendar that I was talking about, I felt great as long as I was getting my check marks. Yeah. But then after a while, I started missing days. And then I'd have these gaping holes on my calendar. Well, then the thing would condemn me when I walked by it. It would be like, you haven't done your daily Bible reading today. <laughs> and like I said, lots of people, a lot of people, read their Bible through every year systematically. I know lots of people that do that, and I think it is fantastic, and I encourage them, but I also encourage people, if you can't do that, or that doesn't work for you, that doesn't make you less of a Christian. Now, I have, I've always got like probably a book in the Old Testament and the book in the New that I'm reading through, you know. But if I don't read it one day, I don't get upset about it. Let me tell you something. If I get up and I'm having a problem forgiving somebody, I don't read my next chapter in Deuteronomy that day. Right. I, I look up all the scriptures I can find about forgiveness because I know there's power in that word, mm -hmm. that just looking at those words and maybe reading that out loud is going to help me. It's going to empower me to be able to forgive. So I very much believe in taking the Word of God like medicine. You know, if I have a headache, I don't put a Band-Aid on my head. Right. I cut my arm, so I've got a Band-Aid on my arm. I didn't stick an aspirin right. in it. <laughs> so we know, we've got enough sense to know how to do that. We should realize that we can use the Word of God just like medicine and 
What are you having a problem with? Yeah. Study that. Yeah. Well, I love that the Bible says, don't just be a hearer. Don't just yeah. be a hearer of it. I want you to do it. Right. So that's your forgiveness thing. I want right. you to do forgiveness. So it shows us how to do forgiveness right. when we look through the Bible. That's right. And doing gonna, it is so much more important. You mentioned forgiveness. I was going to ask you. Um, do you find it easier now to forgive or was it easier back in, in an early stage in your walk with God? Oh no, it wasn't easy back then. Okay, <laughs> so, so tell us a story about having to forgive something awful. Yeah, I mean, my dad sure. sexually abused me for probably 15 years and uh, um, my mom knew it but didn't do anything about it because she was afraid. Mm. And uh, she didn't think that she could face the scandal. And you know, our thinking can just help us or it can really hurt us. And uh, you know, I found it very hard to forgive that back then because I didn't think it was fair. Mm -hmm. It was like, why should I do that? Mm -hmm. But see, I've learned now that I'm not doing somebody a favor when I forgive them, I'm doing myself a favor. I'm taking, do you, do you know what a blessing it is to be able to forgive people? Yeah. I was just working on a new message that I'm going to do, and I thought, just thinking about some of the benefits of Christianity that people never tap into. Wow. You know, and uh, uh, I'm going to do something about are you a cheese and cracker Christianity Christian because <laughs> I read a story about a guy who, saved his money for years from Europe to be able to come to the U.S. and he got just enough money to get the lowest class ticket he could on this steamer. Left his family where they were and was gonna bring them over after he got a job. And he took a block of cheese and a box of crackers with him and uh, that's what he ate the whole entire trip. Even when the cheese started getting moldy, he would still eat that because that was all he had. And at the end of the trip, one of the workers on the ship said, I, I was just wondering why you never took any meals with us. We had a place set for you at every meal. And he said, oh, well, I didn't, my ticket didn't include meals. And he said, oh, yes, sir. Every ticket includes three meals a day. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> so how, how many oh, cheese and preach. cracker Christians right. are there? You know, who, you know, your salvation includes so much more than just going to heaven when you die. Yeah. I mean, that's just the very <laughs> beginning. But so I was just thinking about what are some of the greatest benefits mm. of Christianity that people don't tap into? Well, first of all, to be able to go to God anytime you sin mm. and just admit it and, and say, forgive me. And he does. And he forgets it. He moves our sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. How can a Christian be sad when they think about, really think about what God has done for them? But then what a blessing to be able to forgive. Yeah. My gosh, I don't have to hate anybody anymore and I don't have to waste my days being mad and I don't have to be jealous of what other people have because I know that God's got a plan for my life. And there's so many benefits that we just don't take advantage of that give us peace. Yeah. And so it's much easier for me now to forgive because 
I know I'm helping myself. Yeah. I don't want to carry that burden around all the time, do you? No. How do you know when you've forgiven? Okay, that's a good question. I can answer that. Um, I used to wonder why the same people, people that I knew were good people, sincere people, would constantly be at the altar asking for prayer for help in forgiving the same person over and over. And so I went to God about it. I said, now I know that they want to forgive. So why, when they're praying for it, are you not making them able to do it? And what God spoke to my heart is very simply said, they're not doing what I told them to in the Word. And so I started checking into that. Well, first of all, God says, pray for your enemies. <laughs> so how many people actually do that? Hmm. I mean, really actually do that. And when God first started teaching me this, I thought, well, God, I don't want them to be blessed. <laughs> I mean, just to be honest, but even that, we think, if we pray for our enemies to be blessed, they're going to get a new car. You know, the first thing God will bless them with is truth and revelation about their own behavior because they can't go anywhere with God either until they face truth. It's only the truth that sets you free. And he said, so people don't pray for their enemies. You know, it's really hard to stay mad at somebody you're that you're praying for every day. It's mm. true. And it says, bless and do not curse your enemies. And if you look those words up in the original language, it means, bless means to speak well of. My goodness. And curse means to speak evil of. So if you want to forgive somebody, you pray for them. You stop talking bad about them. So that means you have to stop rehearsing to everybody what that person did to you. And you actually go so far as to speak well of them. <laughs> and you do it in faith. And then it says, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. So you help them. If there's something that they need that you can do for them, you help them. When I'm teaching pastors, I tell them, if somebody that you raised up in the Lord, some young man that you poured your life into, takes half of your church and moves a mile away and starts a new church, buy him a sound system. My goodness. Don't be mad at him and tell everybody in the church what he's done to you. Just And, and if, if we'll do that, I mean, God can cause your church to be five times bigger than it was before he took the people and left. It's like we, we really need to do what God <laughs> says to do. And this thing about forgiving your enemies is really big. The... Most of the ground that Satan gains in a believer's life is through unforgiveness. So there's a little bit of a faith element to it <laughs> that you have to do it, but you, it, I, I heard somebody say that when you give up your right to get even, mm -hmm. that is showing you you're on your way to this. But there's right. still an element of faith to it, apparently. You have to well, believe yes, because that because forgiveness done it. doesn't mean your feelings change. Right. Mm -hmm. See, like, love is not a feeling. Love is a decision that we make about how we're going to treat people. And forgiveness is the same way. It's not about a feeling. You know, you can forgive somebody, genuinely, truly forgive them, and the next time you see them, still want to knock their head off. Mm -hmm. Well, 
<laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> well, you know, let's be honest. You yeah. don't. The feelings catch up yeah. with your decision. Yeah. Okay. You don't wait to make a decision until you have the feelings. Mm -hmm. But our feelings can't rule. We, we can do the right thing while we feel wrong. Right. And that was one of the, I love that when God showed me that. It says, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. So that means you keep doing what's right even when it feels wrong. And if you do what's right while you feel wrong, you're growing spiritually. If you feel right about it and you do it, it's because you've already grown spiritually. <laughs> so growing is harder than having grown, you know. It's easy for me to forgive now because I've been through all the horrors of all that other stuff and had to walk in obedience to God to give people things and sometimes my favorite things, people who had done things to me that were really stinky. Mm -hmm. And there's something about that blessing your enemies mm. that just makes you to where the devil can't handle you. And it's really found in Romans 12, 21. I could possibly say that it's probably one of my five or six favorite scriptures in the Bible. You overcome evil with good. My goodness. And so how could I, I wasn't ever gonna get my dad back for what he did to me. How could I get the devil back? Mm -hmm. You can't choke him, you can't put him in jail, you can't bring him into a court of justice. But the best way to get the devil back for the stuff that he's done to you and to your life is to be as good as you possibly can be to as many people as you possibly can be. Do as much good as you possibly can every day of your life. Overcome evil with good. <laughs> can you imagine what our world would be like if we all did that? No. Even if people started doing it right now, yeah. The problems that we have, uh, we could probably say if half the people in the world would do it, mm. you know, maybe even 25%. Yeah. I mean, it has, it's like yeast yeah. in dough. You know, it's like, and people, people that call themselves Christians have to be the ones to ignite this. Yes. We need a love revolution. There it is. We need to show people what love is, not just tell them. Because... You know, like missions is a good example. You can go to a foreign country where people are starving and preach the gospel to them, but they're hurting so bad, they can't hear what you say. Right. You have to show them the gospel. Yeah. You feed them, you dig water wells for them in their villages, you, you put clothes on their back, and sometimes you go back and you do it again and again and again, and then sooner or later, they have to start wondering why are you doing this? Yeah. You give them what, you, what they want so you can give them what they need. Right. What I have been strategically doing, and we're in Texas, so I use the word strategery, <laughs> um, is I've wanted you to just talk about different subjects here and there because what you're really doing is unpacking the longer form of what your devotional is in short form. Mm -hmm. See, we, we, we all want the the progression of faith we mm -hmm. all want to get to a point in life 
where forgiveness is easy. We all want to get to a point where we are passionate about a purpose mm -hmm. that God's put in our heart. When the Lord has ever, and it's very rarely, but when, when, when the Lord really wants to get something into me, it's a real interesting thing that happens. It's almost like from one second to the next, it can be a blink of an eye, it's almost like then I'm remembering an, a conversation I had. Like, you know, when you leave the studio and you're headed to the airport, you'll remember this one hour we spent mm -hmm. together, right. like a memory. Right. And so in a second, it feels like the Lord downloads this longer conversation. It's like you're remembering it. Mm -hmm. That's how it works, works for me. And, you know, the, those, those interesting things. But Lord is wanting to get us all, and we're all wanting to do that. And you're saying quiet times with God is the way to get there. It's, it's, a, it's a beginning. Mm -hmm. It's a help. It's not, you're not going to become a spiritual giant because you read one devotional every day, but it does help you get your day started right. And, and we can open up, let's, we can just open up anywhere and preach if you want to. Please. You know, it's like this one is February 28th and it says, bear good fruit. Okay. Well, okay, what is that? I mean, we have, we know what apples, oranges, and bananas are, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> what does God want to see coming out of us? Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, self-control, see, all these good things. Well, let's be honest with ourselves when we read this. <laughs> you know, it's useless to read this and wish that somebody else you knew right. <laughs> would do it. How good am I? Do I show the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. There's nine of them listed in Galatians. Which one am I the weakest in? Well, I already know it's patience. And, but it's not impatience and waiting on God. It's like, if you tell me you're going to be there at 11, I don't want you coming in at 11.15. I, I want to be, I want you there at 11. Yeah. And you I, noticed I was early today, right? You did yeah. notice that, right? And I got here right on time. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell, I was you, early. tell you something funny. I know you always want everybody here half an hour early in case they're late. So... <laughs> You know, I've been around the block a few times I've done this. So <laughs> I, at first I said, well, we don't have to get there until about 11.10 or 11.15 because I'll just be sitting there by myself. Usually that's what it is. I get there and I'm the only one there. I'll just be sitting there by myself. So I was really proud of you when I walked in and you were here. And, ah. But then I, I called my driver back and I said, nope, you know what? They asked me to be there at 11 and I'm going to do what they asked me to do. I'm going to get there at 11. Well, see, that's a point of integrity that is very important to God, where today people don't think anything about being late <laughs> or about telling somebody they're going to do something. Oh, I'll call, you, I'll call you back tomorrow. And how many times do they not do that? Mm -hmm. Please don't tell me you're going to do something if you're not going to do it. I actually did that yesterday. <laughs> I told the guy I was going to call him and I didn't. Well, That's weird. Sorry. See, now you're convicted. Now you're yeah. in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can get so much. I mean, this can be the foundation yeah. for your daily study. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying don't, you know, if you got five minutes, then read it. Yes, it's going to help you. But if you really want to unpack it, as you say, then we have to just stop thinking that we can get what we need from the work somebody else has done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It's like I worked to write 365 devotionals. Yeah. I mean, 365, you feel like you're never going to get there. <laughs> and, and then on top of that, to try to find something different to say 365 times. Yeah. And uh, so I'd like to see people really get the most they can out of it. And it, so it, it happens by, I, I love, in a lot of my books now, I'm having like questions at the end of chapters. Like, so are you jealous? Mm. Who are you jealous of? It's like, it doesn't help us to read if we don't apply it to ourselves. Yeah. And, and then let, meditate on that. Yeah, and let each thing yeah. come to a point of truth <laughs> for us. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I'll say this. It's amazing that when you start something like this and you start reading, it's amazing how God will use it because mm -hmm. His Word is life-giving. Put it, in, seed it into you and you use it that day. That's right. what I'm, yeah. I just get, you know, if I start a Bible study, you know, starting on James or starting on Hebrews or any of that stuff, it's so amazing how my life will, will right. parallel what I've been reading that day, you know? And, and so. Um, it's bad that cooking I, isn't one of the fruit of the spirit. Here we go. <laughs> Lori, you yeah. and I are kindred spirits One to a hundred. He makes the bed, Dave makes the bed. Dave and we don't cook. <laughs> Just no, if we could I add cook. cooking in I one know, of the translations. I try. Fruit of the Spirit. I cooked for years. You know, cooking for two people. It is it's just, just not worth the effort. <laughs> oh my I mean, God. That sounds like stereo now. <laughs> yeah. by, the, by the time you go buy it. It's true. Drag it in the house, clean it. Cut it oh up, my God. fry it, boil it, you whatever you're already do eaten and, and then somebody sits and gobbles it down in five minutes. <laughs> Hello. And then you're left with a big mess. Uh, thank what you, sense does that Mom. Make? Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I Go say, back up. this is where I'm getting food from today. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I cooked a lot of years. Been there, done that. Yeah. You're empowering her a lot right now, Joyce. She's empowering a lot of women yeah. out there right now. <laughs> That's my purpose, to empower people. That's right. <laughs> so what about spending time with God? Have, has that ever been difficult for you to discipline yourself to do that? Did yes. you ever find a time? So let's talk about that because people... Easier for her, harder for me. She, she naturally is. Well, he's just a goer and a doer. I'm, like, yeah. I'm just like you. Well, I'm actually like him, but I've learned to be okay. like you. <laughs> yeah. I, I love my quiet time. I love a good book to sit yeah. down and meditate. You know, and, and that's not easy when you're young and you've got children and, you know, your house is full of people and you're taking care of people. And, and I know it. you have to make time to do it. And the, the worst thing about it is you can't condemn yourself if you don't. If you don't just do that every day, that's not what makes no, a good a Christian. Law. No, it's, not a, it's law. not. It's not a law. But we should be constantly thinking about the promises in the Bible. If we if we take in the Word and we meditate and we uh, we memorize it, that's been one of the biggest gifts in the world to me. But I'm going to say something that I hope you don't get mad at me for saying. He this. won't. He but if you me. told me, Joyce, I can either watch your program on TBN today, or I can spend a half an hour with God, but I can't do both, which should I do? I would tell you to spend the time with God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because 
people have to stop living on secondhand information. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, I mean, it's great to hear other people and God calls us to teach because he wants you to have that gift, but you would get the most out of what you hear me say on TBN if you would take that then and that evening or the next morning when you get up, whatever I talked about, do some study yourself yeah. on that. See, the thing is, is we, we don't need information, we need revelation. And I can give you information, and yes, the Holy Spirit many times takes that and anoints it and makes it revelation to you. But in order to get revelation, you have to put some of your own Skin. time into mm -hmm. it, you know? Every time you need a scripture, stop calling your friend and asking them where it's at. Yeah. Well, in addition to all of that, <laughs> uh, quiet times with God is now available. And if you use it the Beautiful. way I use it, whatever you're dealing with that day, you just keep turning the pages <laughs> until, until you, you find, find the subject matter that you need. And, uh, you know, it is, it, it is, thank you, so Joyce, because no one ever doubts that God put a call on your life to teach mm, the Word. You've boiled that down into this devotional My and word. you've written it for us. Give us a head start on our day. It is Quiet Times with God devotional. And if there was ever a season here in 2020 when you should dial it down and spend some quiet time with God, it is this year. Joyce, thank you for doing love what you, you do. So uh, we love it when you come by. Thank you for being with us. Everyone loves your broadcast. Your ratings are going up. It's amazing. We'll see you next time. Thank you for Bye -bye. listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.